4: The Great Lakes used to be dominated by sturgeon. Then, they all but disappeared. But here in Michigan, they're on their way back.
5: There are areas that absolutely do need that oversight, but our areas, there's so much being done already. The federal government overtaking this will actually hinder what has been going on.
4: So if the sturgeon are rebounding, why does the U.S. Fish and Wildlife want to get involved? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Until I went to the Belle Isle Aquarium, I had never seen a sturgeon up close. I'm not much of a fisherman. And let me tell you, these things are huge. They can be anywhere from three to six feet in length and weigh between 30 and 100 pounds. But wait, there's more.
0: They can live to be 100 years old. I know that from just some recent catching here in the Detroit River. They don't start... Breeding until they're about 15 years old. So they spend a long time before they start reproducing. I mean, they're all throughout the Great Lakes. I know their numbers are coming back a little bit. They used to be the largest biomass of fish in the Great Lakes, probably in about mid-1800s, I would believe. They weren't being used for food or anything. They were a nuisance to fishermen, so they just would like stack them on shore and burn them like firewood. So, why even catch them? Do they just get caught in the net? I think so, yeah, pretty much. They catch them and then they got sick of catching them. They wanted to catch the other fish and so they just threw them on shore.
4: So, they just fished them out to get to everything else, basically? Yeah. Those voices belong to Paul Shewart and Amanda Murray. Paul is the curator of the Belle Isle Aquarium and Amanda is the head aquarist. So, here's the thing you can fish for sturgeon two ways here in Michigan with a rod and reel or with a spear. The rod and reel is pretty common around here, but the spear. That can only be used in two places in America. One of them is in Black Lake, about 20 miles south and east of Sheboygan. Here to explain is Jay Widerski. He's the president of Sturgeon for Tomorrow in Black Lake.
5: Basically, what it is is we go out on the ice, cut a hole, put a fish ante up over the top of that hole, and sit there and wait with a spear decoy down in the water to attract them and wait for a fish to come in.
4: So only in the wintertime?
5: Only in the wintertime. Our season basically is a five-day season. It has lasted as little as 35 minutes. We're only allowed six fish via regulations that are pretty much self-imposed. I'm sorry. Um,
4: <laughs> I'm not a hunter or a fisher, but like I know how long like rifle season is for deer. and <laughs> I've never heard anything. I'm not laughing. Well, I am laughing, but I've never heard anything so short when it comes to a season.
5: Our quota numbers are really small. Like I said, six fish for the entire state. We usually average about 300 to 400 people out there on the ice fishing for them. so when six is taken the season shut down
4: so it's a race almost pretty much overall in this country the lake sturgeon population is down so the u.s fish and wildlife service wants to place them on the endangered species list that's something that jay doesn't love he says it will override the work they're already doing
5: i have thought about it and, and basically they're not looking to blanket impose that Endangered Species List Act. They are trying to select areas that need to be protected more than others. And I don't believe Michigan needs any part of their help. I mean, our Michigan DNR and many other groups work at rehabilitating the fish together here. We don't need federal government oversight doing what we've been doing for a long time.
4: So you're not saying it's a bad idea. You're saying we're already doing it. We don't need your help. Exactly. Exactly. There are areas in the southern
5: part of the country that absolutely do need that oversight because the populations are that poor and there are not enough people working at rehabilitating the fish. But our areas, Wisconsin. There's so much being done already that I believe that the federal government overtaking this will actually hinder what has been going on.
4: To be clear, if the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service were to do this, it would only affect the spearfishing. Jay from Sturgeon for Tomorrow is not the only one who does not like this idea. Michigan State Representative Cam Cavett, a Sheboygan Republican, he says there was a time for this. Emphasis on was.
3: 20 years ago, this might have been a good decision for the feds to come in and take over the management of our sturgeon population. But in the last 20 years... Sturgeon for Tomorrow, working with Fish and Wildlife, the tribes, Michigan fisheries, we're way ahead of where the rest of the country is at, at least the Mississippi area. 21 states have sturgeon populations in the Mississippi basin, but Michigan and Wisconsin have a very robust program, and we've been working on rehabilitation and recovery for 20 years, and ours are not in decline. They're actually, there's an uptick in sturgeon populations.
4: So, what's the solution? If you ask Jay and Cam, places like Michigan and Wisconsin, they have the answer. But that does not mean there's not room for improvement. For Jay, that starts with education.
5: One of our biggest things is sturgeon in the classroom. We have small fish that are being raised by classrooms all across the state. Education is probably our most important item in our group anymore. We want everybody to understand how important these fish are in every water source in Michigan.
4: So wait, you guys have, are they elementary kids, middle school kids? Like, there are sturgeon, like, living and growing in schools?
5: Yes. Yes, there are.
4: You guys come in and explain the fish and then say, here's what you need to do and give them step-by-step and then give them your phone number and say, if you have problems, call me? Like, how does that work?
5: That's pretty much the case right there. We do have quite a few requirements for tank size and water quality and other things like that. And they are given instructions and in how to raise this fish and what to do. And, and yes, we do have a couple of people on our board that are heading this up We're in conjunction with, you know, Michigan State University and a couple of the tribes up here.
4: I mentioned the Belle Isle Aquarium has sturgeon. Well, you're never going to guess where they get them. Black Lake, the circle of life, indeed.
0: It's a good story about the reefs offshore for, you know, growing. And like with our sturgeon, we do release them as well. They do grow big. And after a while, we have a partnership that help us get new sturgeon. And those ones are rehabilitated and released back into the wild. Yes, our sturgeon came from Black Lake, which is up, you know, in northern Michigan. And uh, the DNR has a, a arrangement with uh, a hatchery that holds these young fish for them and they use them in sturgeon in the classroom as a program and then we get some from them as well. When they outgrow our facility, which doesn't take very long, we take them back and they re-tag them and then they'll release them back into Black Lake and then we'll get some other young ones. They will be swimming free from here at the end of the day.
2: Everybody
4: in Michigan is well aware of how important tourism is. Whether people come from out of state or shuffle around in state, it's a massive part of our economy. Representative Cavett says his district needs spearfishing.
3: It's huge. We have a spearing season that's kind of a cultural to our Northeast Michigan. It's been around forever. People have been doing this. And to just take it away, would really just, it would be catastrophic to some of our local economies that depend on sturgeon fishing season in the wintertime. You know, we have this chivalry, they have the sturgeon queen. It's blended into who we are up here, and I would just hate to see it happen. Get out and, and learn more about, you know, for one, what a great state we have here in Michigan, but also the sturgeon population. These fish are like dinosaurs. They live to be over 100 years old. So we just want to keep them and keep them growing and just um, spread the word that Michigan is not hurting for sturgeons.
4: The representative mentioned how it was more than just an event or a season. He said it was actually ingrained in their regional culture. And in listening to J2, I believe it. I mean, check out how involved this is.
5: I talk with our DNR quite regular, and obviously Cam cabot. This actually originated in Wisconsin. Lake Winnebago probably started their program 20 years earlier than ours. They are the only other place in the country where sturgeon spearing is allowed. It's just kind of a heritage rightful thing that we believe is very important. I mean, my family started in this in 1947 when the season opened in the state of Michigan.
4: I mean, and that's the thing about things like this, right? Like for some people, it's like a one-off thing they do. But for some people, it's part of the way they grew up, just like hunting or any other tradition, right? Like this is ingrained in who you are.
5: Exactly that.
4: Stories like this are not my expertise, but I am a Michigander, so I understand the value of being an outdoorsman, even if I am not one. And I certainly understand the importance of tourism. If the feds are going to come in here with new rules, I hope they have the same understanding that we natives do. It won't work if they don't. Today's big thanks go out to Paul Stewart, Amanda Murray, Jay Widerski, and Cam Cabot. Special thanks to my colleague, Beth Fisher. She spoke with Representative Kevitt. Check out WWJnewsradio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you want that Daily J delivered right to you? All you have to do is text WWJ to 20357 and you'll get it instantly. Message and data rates may apply. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening.